Hello everyone, welcome to Just Getting By, episode 49, for Monday the 28th of November 2011. My name is Craig Jones and I'm joined as always by Kemslave. Hello Kemslave. Howdy. How has your week been? Man, I've been sleeping in since Wednesday. Awesome. So you haven't had to go to work uh, Friday at all? Nope. Uh, good, good, very good. You state employees just get all the fun, don't you? Oh, yeah. Great job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, Kemslave, uh, we have some experimentation going on with the website I wanted to uh, discuss for just a second, if you don't mind. Oh, God. What did you do now? Well, uh, pretty drastic, actually. Uh, I moved away from wordpress.com i mean it's a wonderful service but you know i kind of want to take uh this podcast and when i say i i'm 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 speaking for both myself and chemslave this is a joint effort uh but we want to uh take this podcast and its corresponding elements the website being an important part of that to the next level and wordpress.com uh is uh, a wonderful service for beginning bloggers uh, but it's just not sufficient for a bandwidth-intensive uh, endeavor like a podcast is. So, you know, to cut a long story short, we, we stayed with WordPress, but we are now doing a hosted solution using a WordPress.org uh, install. This gives us access to thousands of themes, thousands of plugins. Uh, we can do uh, almost anything we want to with the site and it can grow with us uh if we get explosive growth in uh, viewership listenership it'll it'll handle it just fine and uh so we've moved to uh it's the same website just getting by podcast.com and it's the same theme because we stayed with wordpress it's you know it it's basically the same website but um one of the biggest benefits to the end user of all this is that now uh, we have an HTML5 compliant uh, audio player for each post. Uh, what does that mean? That means that those devices that do not carry Flash can play uh, in line, in the post itself, the, uh, the show. And uh, it's very convenient for those on iPhones and iPads and Android devices. Although Android does support Flash, but not well. Or uh, people like me who don't have Flash installed because it seems to be making things screwy. Yeah, um, Flash is problematic even on the desk on the desktop, and it's it's not a terrible idea to get rid of it. And so now our our website is a hundred percent HTML5 compliant. So any modern web browser, that being, uh, uh, let me think about this now, uh, Chrome uh, 5 Plus, Safari 3 Plus, and IE 789 will uh, run just fine. And, and Firefox, uh, starting with uh, the uh, last uh, 2.x uh, update, will run, run fine as well. I wonder if Slipenear will run our website. Who the fuck cares? I, I mean, I swear to God, Sleepnear has an iOS application, too. Who gives a flying fuck what Sleepnear is 
or if it runs it. Actually, you know, it's funny you should mention that because that's based on um, WebKit, I believe. And uh, uh, WebKit is what uh, Safari and uh, Chrome are based on. And almost all uh, modern uh, smartphone browsers as well. And so they are fully HTML5 compliant. So I wouldn't be surprised if Sleepnear is as well. But again, I, I, I restate. Who gives? I, 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 you know, I certainly don't. <laughs> I've never had Sleepnear installed, and I don't plan to. It's me, my next web, um, OS, or not OS, but my web browser. <laughs> yeah, that and Mosaic. Oh, I think I ran Mosaic at some point. Oh yeah, I think every every uh, geek did. You got you got to run Mosaic. I mean, my God. All right, come slave. So, uh, for the end user, you won't see a whole lot of differences yet. Although I will point out, we do have a donate link now. So if you enjoy what we say, you can go to justgettingbypodcast.com and reward us with a little bit of your own hard-earned money. And uh, Chemslave and myself would be eternally grateful because uh, now that we are hosting, it, it does take a, a small amount of money to uh, keep up operations. So uh, any help you can provide is uh, greatly appreciated. So uh, on that note, uh, Chemslave, we have a chock-full of fun week in store for the audience today. Starting, really? starting with politics. Politics. Monday. Oh God! Yeah, uh, I, this is Chem Slave's least favorite day, uh, and I, I must say, this used to be my uh, like my, my you know cup of tea, so to speak. But I'm starting to, to uh, not like this as well. <laughs> it's, uh, these stories are getting to be more and more repetitive and annoying. It's amazing to see what a bunch of idiots can do to. This country, this country being America, and the world. So, uh, Kemslave, why don't you start us off today? What, uh, you know, just throw something out there. Throw something out. Um, I don't know. Let's let's do something um light and fluffy for first. Sounds good. Um, oh, you said I see something about um climate concerns as HFC's use grows. I, you know, this was not going to be something I wanted to get all hot and bothered by. But I'll give the audience a background about this, and I, I think I'm I'm going to have to uh, do a, a, a rant here. Uh, it, 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 explain to the audience what this is all about. Well, back, I'm, th- I'm guessing it's like in the 90s, um, early 90s, there was like big concerns because we wanted to start using ozone-friendly... Um, I, um, um, like gases for like our refrigerators. Like if you have like an aerosol can, like a- AC, and we were using um, um, like chlorofluorocarbons um, and hydrofluorocarbons, and um, that was destroying the ozone layer. So we decided to use um. HFCs instead. Well, guess what? HFCs now are greenhouse gases. So we're fucked again. Now, what does HFC stand for? Hydrofluorocarbon. 
so more or less we're just changed one from one type of gas of the same family to a slightly different gas of a similar family. So let me see if I am following along. CFCs were, you know, reviled and hunted down to extinction because of their harmful effects on the ozone. And at the same time, we replaced CFCs with a very similar type of gas that no one bothered to look at critically until 30 years out. Am I, am I following? Yep. This is what kills me about climate change. Yes, the Earth is getting warmer. No question about it. But is it our fault? The answer to that is no. And I think this story offers demonstrable proof. Because, uh, Chemslave, we don't have the data in front of us right now. But we could find it for anybody listening that wants to challenge us. Because I've seen it. I, I know Chemslave's seen it as well. Yeah, but you might have to pay, um, what's it, like 16 pounds to get it if you want to get it from, from the source. Yeah, well, that's possible. Uh, but no, and what I'm saying, what I'm leading up to is there have been studies that showed the disastrous effects of CFCs. And then they showed how using, uh, what was the other one? <laughs> Actually, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, well, CFCs bad, HF, uh, HFCs good, now bad. Yeah, HF, <laughs> and, and replacing them with other forms of uh, aerosol, like uh, HFCs, was good. You saw, you saw like a, a, these graphs pointing downward in terms of you know ozone eating effects, you know, and nobody stopped to do. The research. Nobody stopped to look and say, wait a second. This new gas is really very similar to the old gas. Why is this so much better? Let's let's look at this. Let's see what we can do to uh, verify or disprove that notion. But no, nobody did that because it wasn't politically correct. CFCs we're just destroying everything. So HFCs had to have been the answer because that's what the scientific community wanted you to think. And not the scientific community, but the very small group of people that call themselves the leaders of the scientific community that get to decide what's in and what's out, what's trendy, what's untrendy, what makes you a scientist and what makes you a skeptic? The big, the big scam with the whole thing is like a lot of the people who are in these like lists of the top scientists and climate, um, like um, scientists and stuff. A lot of those numbers, there's like oh thousands upon thousands of people are like padded with like politicians and like um, page boys. And like, like a lot of the the brass, like the the really higher up guys who are like the real scientists, they started leaving because it's like, oh yeah, this stuff is all bullshit. Whenever you have an infiltration 
into a group of people that is highly trained and highly skilled by people that don't know as much but have better uh, contacts, you always see a degradation of quality in the work. You see uh, a, uh, a prolif- proliferation of that work, and it's not always good. Uh, it, what comes to mind is manufacturing. Very similar situations. Uh, you used to have uh, skilled craftsmen that would make uh, intricate uh, wood uh, benches and desks and chairs, and now you have the, the, this um, uh, cookie cutter, uh, you know, uh, fiberboard type stuff that uh, crumbles if you look at it too long. And, oh yeah, IKEA. Yeah, uh, IKEA exactly. But IKEA has a racket going because they charge ten times as much as they should because of the name. Uh, anyway, so, uh, uh, science in specific um, climate science, climate change science, is very similar. You had an old guard of scientists, Kemp's they've alluded to them, that have been displaced, forced to retire, and forced to just basically shut the hell up for no other reason than they were not part of the in-crowd, and they were not part of the group that said Humans are destroying the earth. Let me tell each and every one of you listening to this show today, no one is destroying the earth. If the earth is being destroyed, it is destroying itself. We don't have the ability to affect the earth's ecosystem to the extent necessary to bring about the huge, climactic, destructive forces that these people these people being the uh, political scientists want us to think that we're doing uh, Kemslave you're a scientist let's not forget that you have the yes. name Kemslave for a very good reason uh, what's your th- uh, thought on this well I'm not an expert I'm a scientist yes I'm I have a degree in chemistry. That doesn't mean I have the exclusive right to start talking about the environment. I haven't read all the papers on this stuff, so I can't say one way or the other. But what I can say is that there is some proof that... Well, there's um, data that could prove that is true, but also other data that shows that, hey, maybe this stuff isn't true. I am um, slightly skeptical of the whole thing, but I do believe we humans do have the power to destroy the environment. We do it all the time by cutting down forests and stuff. But, um, or if we were to start detonating um, um, nuclear weapons, of well, course, we'd probably kill each other and then the world itself. But I don't think um, me driving my car every day to work is going to um, cause much harm to, in- to the environment. Well, we were talking about two slightly different things because, yes, when you chop down a tree, you are uh, destroying an e- a whole ecosystem. That tree supports a whole ecosystem. But other trees around it stay up. And even if you level a whole forest for, for uh, the wood, 
There were other forests around of the same types of trees, usually, uh, to carry on the species. And that's not what climate change is warning against. Climate change is warning against the inundation of New York City, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Mexico City. It's warning against the, uh, the rising of the ocean, you know, sea, the, the, the ocean, the, the level, you know, what's that called, the specific name for the, the, the sea level, the, the rising of the sea level. Uh, to such an extent that it could wipe out whole states of the United States of America or whole, you know, even countries in Western Europe or uh, Africa. I wouldn't be shocked if that was um that could ha- if that could happen, but I don't think from the um things I've seen that it it is um a hundred you can say a hundred percent that we humans could cause that, and if that were to happen in the next a hundred two hundred years, the percentage of the the cause of that would probably be more on other things like cows pooping, yeah, than um you are me driving to um, work or to school. There was one study that was released uh, four or five years ago that said, and this was hushed up, by the way. You couldn't talk about this. This was, this was uh, persona non grata. Uh, that cows in the United States alone put out more green, uh, greenhouse gas emissions than China. Yeah, I've seen that. I've also seen one that um, said something similar to cats. That cats, that uh, our our um, pets, like cats and dogs, produce so much um, greenhouse gas that it's not even funny. Except that it kind of is sometimes. Yes. Go to YouTube and type in "farting cat" and you will see what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So you know, I don't want to get too much into this. I'm not a scientist at all, but I, I do. I see a level of hostility towards questioning that makes me very, very nervous. It makes me think that something else is going on. Climate science is among the most politicized of uh, any scientific topic. And it's one that has been distorted and deformed for decades. You know, it used to be in the 50s that we were going to be going into an ice age. And then the 70s into the 80s, it went into, we were going to be heating up and we're all going to be a desert. And now it's going to be, you know, we're going to be having monsoons and uh, uh, hurricanes, same thing. Uh, and, um, you know, green, then it's going to be green again. You know, things like that. So, you know, the scientific community doesn't like to admit it, but they change their mind every few decades. And we're on the path of changing our minds once again. My prediction is within five years, this is going to be widely seen as a fraud. I really I really do believe that. Within five years, that soon. Well, the salesperson for a whole thing was Al Gore, so it's sort of foreseeable that a snake hole salesman 
um, selling this thing that it must might be a fraud. Calling him a snake oil salesman is an insult to snake oil salesmen. But yes, I see. I I do agree with you. Yep. All right. So, you know, uh, global warming is one thing, but communism is another. Oh God! What happened now? Well, we've been talking for the past few weeks about uh, the European debt crisis. It got really heated when um, Greece looked like it was going to go under. And eventually, the elites in Europe forced out the then Prime Minister, George Papandreou, and put in an unelected, what they like to call technocrat, which is code for shill for the European Union, the European Central Bank. Uh, And the same thing happened in Italy as well. So we are seeing a pattern. What does this have to do with commies, Craig? There's a technocrat in Italy by the name of Mario Monti, who was not a communist. As a matter of fact, he's a conservative, at least in terms of Italian politics. Uh, But he was asked to form a government by the Italian president. His name is George Napolitano. Mr. Napolitano, President Napolitano, was one of the leading voices in the Italian Communist Party during the Cold War. For those of you that don't realize, the Communist Party of Italy was the largest communist party uh, uh, outside of the Iron Curtain at least in Europe. Uh, it, it was several times throughout Cold War history almost uh, gained control of the government through valid elections, not, not revolutions, but through elections. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Italian Communist Party is one of the biggest reasons why we had what was called the Marshall Plan, which was uh, economic aid to help rebuild Uh, countries in Europe that were devastated by World War II. Uh, A lot of that aid was given to Italy because the communists were so close to just sweeping the elections there. And it worked, and they never once got uh, control of the government. So what does um, him being an ex-communist have to do with um, him um, telling, um, what's his name to, uh, Monti to um, form a government? Mario Monti is uh, in the same political ideology as the ex-Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi. Not the same party, they have differences of opinion, uh, but they are both on the right end of the spectrum. And Silvio Berlusconi had made his career as a crusader against communism. Even this past uh, August... Just a few months ago, he warned that the communist threat was not over. And uh, he implicitly pointed to Napolitano as one of the uh, one of the prime examples of that, that a communist is still uh, in, in a position of power, the president of the republic. Uh, but anyway, uh, what's interesting about Napolitano is that he was called 
by Henry Kissinger. Do, well, first of all, do you know who Henry Kissinger is? Um, no. Isn't there like an uh, novelist or something by the name Kissinger? I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. But he's the guy who talks like this. Uh, it, he um, he was the Secretary of State for um, Nixon and Ford. And he uh, was well known for his uh, communism uh, policies with, uh, uh, you know, uh, detente with the Soviet Union and uh, helping Nixon to open up China, for instance. And uh, uh, Kissinger called Napolitano his favorite communist uh, because uh, Napolitano wasn't as as strident as the Maoists or the Stalinists or Leninists that uh, Napolitano kind of had a, a uh, more democratic notion to him. And I just, you know, I hadn't actually intended to spend so much time on this, but I, I just thought it was interesting that Napolitano, a communist, uh, would have supposedly asked a almost free market politician to form a government. He wouldn't have done that if he didn't have to. And the fact is he didn't have to because there was no election held. So the mandate was not Monty's. Uh, he was forced into that situation by the European Union. And Italy would have gone under. Italy would have been left to suffer and uh, break apart by the other European states, so they didn't get what they wanted. And what they wanted was somebody that would kowtow to their line. So now we have Mario Monti. So that really, that's all I wanted to to go with on that story. I, just, I thought it was interesting that, that uh, Kissinger's favorite communist uh, backed a, a, a pretty conservative guy. And I think it, it foreshadows one of the big problems with the European Union that it's taking far too much responsibility for the formation of governments. And I think it's a very bad, very dangerous precedent. Okay, well, talk about talking about bad and dangerous precedents. Obama um, um, is um, causing a bit of a stir among some people. Why is that? He, he did something really bad. Uh-oh. What do you do? He did something really unspeakable. <laughs> You're talking literally, aren't you? Oh yes. <laughs> what did he unspeak? During his um, Thanksgiving address, he didn't say um, he didn't thank God. Who gives a flying fuck? I'm I. You know, this story really pisses me off. He is running this country and the world into the ground, and he's off playing basketball, eating hot dogs, just, you know, having the time of his life. And we are getting all up in his face about this. Everything uh, else, everything else that this man has done in office. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. But he leaves God out. Oh, no, no that can't happen. I don't give a shit what he. There's no specific prayer for Thanksgiving. Yes, typically Thanksgiving is giving thanks to God, but there is a definite secular aspect to Thanksgiving. And I don't mind the president 
commemorating Thanksgiving. And I do not think that it is a prerequisite to say and praise the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, blah, blah, blah. I am I'm not interested. I get some I, I know that some people are touchy about this stuff. And I respect that. And if this president actually gave a shit about America and was actually trying to do do his job with some amount of dignity, yeah, I might I might think, well, he should be more sensitive to the uh, the disposition of the vast majority of Americans in this country. But he is doing such a terrible job as it is that I'm just not interested. This is small potatoes. I mean, this isn't this isn't even on my radar, and it's a distraction. I mean, no offense. I'm not. I'm not saying you shouldn't have talked about it. I'm just saying that, that I, I've heard this as well. I've seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, he should have mentioned God." He's destroying the country. That's what I'm more concerned about. What do you think? Truthfully, I, I was hoping for something like that reaction. So I, I was sorry. I kept quiet. I, I enjoy hearing you rant. <laughs> But yeah, it's like they make an uh uh molehill of an animal on this thing. It's like really, it's that is it really that important? Like if it was like a, like some type of like Christmas address, and he didn't say uh mention God at all, it was like yeah, there's something really wrong with this guy. But yeah, Thanksgiving. No, yeah, no, I I agree with you. If you took religion, and by religion I do mean Christianity in this case, out of Christmas. Hell, Christ is what makes up Christmas. <laughs> That's what yes. is in the name. And Easter. Uh, if you took religion out of that, that would be shameful. And that would be a much deeper topic. That would be an attack on amongst the, the most fend- fundamental aspects of life in this country. But it's not the case with Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I know um, you're giving thanks to God, and that's that's in the name as well, Thanksgiving. Uh, but frankly, you don't go to church on Thanksgiving, do you? Uh, I mean, you you might, but it's not like Christmas Mass or anything, is it? I mean, it's not like a special day in the church calendar, is it? I'm not. I've much. never went to um, church on Thanksgiving. Well, you don't go to church at all. <laughs> Well, but even when I was um, younger and I still followed my parents to church because I had to, I never went. Yeah, I, I've never heard of like special services on Thanksgiving. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure there's I mean, churches that, like everybody else, like uh, businesses and schools, make a big deal out of Thanksgiving because of the secular aspects of it as well. And uh, frankly, Thanksgiving to me is about turkey. Uh, to some people, it's about football. Uh, to some people, it's about very annoying relatives that should probably just stay home. Uh, it's about a lot of stuff. Uh, stuffing. Uh, stuffing, yes, exactly. Uh, pie, a, a pumpkin pie. Black Friday, which we're going to be getting to in a second. Uh, it's about all of that. And some people might choose to take the meal time and give thanks to God. That is their right. God bless them. No pun intended. But I don't, uh, I'm not, well, I get, I made my, my opinion quite clear, I think. Um, yes. So uh, me, uh, go, going along the same lines with um, Thanksgiving, I wanted to talk about Black Friday. Uh, Kemslave, do you partake in the Black Friday ceremonies? 
Why the hell would I want to do that? Well, you can get some pretty good sales. Best Buy had some ungodly good sales for TVs. Um, normally, if I'm in the um, business of wanting to, say, get a TV, I normally don't wait until Black Friday to um, wait. Oh, yeah, I need to replace my TV. I was like, hey, my TV's on the fritz. I'm going to see if I have enough money. Look in my checkbook. Yes, I have enough money. I go to the store. I buy it. And I'm good to go. I don't wait for a specific day of the year just to go out and buy a TV. You know, I am so with you. That's actually one of the things I never understood about uh, Black Friday. Because you're absolutely right. If you have a TV that goes out on February, you can't wait until November, closer to December, uh, to get get a TV. You need to get it then. Uh, I mean, if you, unless it's within a few weeks or maybe a month at the most, uh, TVs or other big electronics items, including computers and uh, expensive handheld devices. I mean, you're going to get those when you need to get them for the back to school time, uh, for Christmas. Although Black Friday is good for Christmas. A lot of people do the Black Fr- their Christmas shopping during Black Friday and, and in that area of time. So that's one area that you can you can make an argument for Black Friday. And also... The thing is, businesses know this. When they drastically mark down sales, people are going to come in and buy those that would not normally have bought them. People are going to buy things that they don't need, but they're enticed by the what they think of as a ridiculously good deal. And that's the part of the problem with America. Well, why didn't... Like, I'm not, I'm not saying America is, but the American public. Why are we in debt? Because we, oh my god, it's a great deal. And you buy like a whole crap out of shit. Of course, it was a great deal. You spent half of what you'd, you'd spend on whatever you got. But you're buying even more than you would normally buy. Because if your TV's on a fritz, you just buy a TV and you'll be gone and out of the store. Maybe buy like a DVD. But now you're buying a TV, DVDs. MP3 players, whatever the hell your DVD players, and you're actually um, getting yourself more into debt by just buying a whole crap of crap you don't really need. Yeah. Now I do want to say, however, that Black Friday can be a very good uh, indicator of uh, the health of the economy, and we actually got some pretty good. Uh, data coming out of this Black Friday. It seems like uh, this Black Friday could be the biggest one in, in its history, in the history of Black Friday, which goes back until, depending on who you ask, uh, the early to late 80s. Uh, as a matter of fact, online sales really spiked this year. As, uh, as a matter of fact, IBM, who uh, is responsible for a vast majority of the server-side uh, payment processing. I mean, end-users don't see IBM at all, but they are in a position as the back-end for a lot of these companies to have the data. Uh, they have seen a drastic, drastic 39.3% increase in sales during online uh, during Thanksgiving. Uh, and it was... Uh, it was 24.3% last year, which was still good. Now, 
you might be thinking to yourselves, well, the economy is shit. But why is this so good? I have some thoughts about that. Uh, my thought is the technology industry and electronic, the electronics industry and, uh, you know, as a whole has always been a little bit insulated from this bad economic environment. It's always done better than expected, uh, especially online sales. Online companies like Amazon, uh, Walmart's website, Apple, uh, all of these online retailers have seen not a decrease, but an increase in sales, at least in some areas. And it's because of the convenience. It's because these services can give competitive prices. And uh, I think the growth that you see online in Black Friday is uh, indicative, not necessarily of a total recovery, which I don't think is going to happen uh, until we just, you know, weather the storm. I don't think there's much we can do. But I think it is indicative of a almost recession-proof economy. And it's, uh, it's something to keep in mind when we think of the doom and gloom that we keep hearing. Now, I'm very pessimistic about President Obama and his policies, and I think he's done a lot to hurt this country. But at the same time, I do not believe that this country's worst days are behind it. And I think when you see statistics like this, when you see all these throngs of people out on Black Friday, maybe a lot of them are going into debt. That's possible. A lot of them, I know, were using credit cards. But still, you have to think that at least a majority of these people have some idea of how to pay for this. They're putting fuel back into the economy. And it, 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 it's a good sign. It's, it's, I, I was there on Black Friday. I was at Walmart. I was buying uh, two vacuums for eight bucks each. And uh, What? Yeah. Uh, I have a little stick vac uh, for the basement in my bedroom. Uh, fantastic deal, by the way. It was abyssal. A great little vacuum. Powerful for the size. Uh, and it's it was eight bucks, normally twenty bucks for one, and uh, I got I got two for eighteen, so it was a phenomenal deal. But I, I saw people with PS3s and uh, Xbox 360s and Wii's and TVs, printers. It was a big, big, big day for the electronics industry, and we're going to be t uh, mentioning that on Friday a little bit as well. But I, I just wanted to mention uh, the the good news about Black Friday. Yes, it, can, it, it is not necessarily a good thing. It, it shows us a uh, materialistic culture in America, which I don't have a problem with, actually. Uh, but there are some very positive aspects to Black Friday, and uh, it's encouraging to see the results. Do we have anything else? I don't see anything that I really need to talk about right now. All right. 
Well, you know, before we go, we should probably talk a little bit about Pakistan and Egypt. And uh, we won't go too long on this because we don't know all the facts about Pakistan yet. Uh, but it seems like a tragedy happened in Pakistan. Um, it looks like uh, an American helicopter. Or they call it a NATO, a NATO helicopter, uh, but it was an American. Uh, fired on a Pakistani military uh, outpost and killed 24 of its soldiers. And while NATO claims it was self-defense, there isn't a lot of evidence to back that up. And uh, Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State, has offered her deepest condolences, furthering my suspicion that this was um, a friendly fire incident and not self-defense. Uh, but it's also possible that America had ulterior motives for, for doing this. They were assassinating somebody or something was going on in that area that they bombed. But it's causing deep tension in Pakistan, and it's concerning. They've shut off supply lines to Afghanistan, and uh, their support in the war on terror is extraordinarily important. And this is a story that has the potential to shape the foreign policy of America and its NATO allies for decades to come. And I am very concerned about Pakistan. But uh, any further comments, at least on my part, I don't know about you, but any further comments on my part, I think it's best to wait and see how this story plays out. But Egypt is different. We know what's going on in Egypt. Uh, and what's going on in Egypt is the military has taken over. Yeah, another junta. Yep, yep. And, uh, of course, they, you know we've known that since, uh, when was that, July, June, July. Uh, but there are elections tomorrow uh, to, you know, elect to the, the parliament. Let's, let's guess who's going to win. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know, there's the Islamist party that you know, would turn Egypt into an Islamic republic that would be totally against America. And then you have the military that's been reliant on American uh, foreign policy, been reliant on American money. And they support, basically, the politicians that Mubarak, the ex-dictator, supported as well. So... I'm not sure we're going to see a lot of change. As a matter of fact, there have been a lot of protests in Egypt, as I'm sure a lot of people know. And due to those protests, the military asked the civilian government to hand in its resignations. And they did. They didn't have any choice. So the, uh, the military appointed a new prime minister who just happened to be a prime minister under Mubarak's reign. <laughs> so uh, you're not going to see a lot of change. And it looks like uh, Egypt is going to stick with the status quo. It really does. All right, so we have that little update. Did you want to say anything before we uh, head out? Um, nah. All right. So then, uh, if uh, you, you being the audience, have anything you want to tell us, if you agree or disagree with anything myself or Chemsley have said, 
or if you want to give us suggestions on what to do, what not to do, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, uh, please email us. Our email address is feedback at justgettingbypodcast.com. I'll say that again, feedback at justgettingbypodcast.com. And be sure to visit our new and improved website at justgettingbypodcast.com where you will find HTML5-enabled uh, links to all of our shows and links to the delicious bookmarks for each show. And you'll also find a donate link for those of you that are generous with your money and think that Chemist Dave and I are providing a service. And while it is not necessary, this is a totally free podcast, I would be, I and Chemslave would be deeply gratified if you chose to support us financially as well. On that note, Chemslave, I will talk to you on Wednesday. Yep, talk to you then. 